Please be seated. Boys and girls, mums and dads, everybody else. We've got a very special guest this morning. A guest who's come many, 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 many miles to be with us this morning and just to share what she's been doing. We have Lisa with us today. Many of you will know who Lisa is, but there'll be some of us this morning who don't know who Lisa is and what she does. And so throughout this morning, she's going to be sharing a little bit about what you do. But boys and girls, there is a nursery for those who need to take the littlest ones. That is open this morning if you need that. But boys and girls, if you can tell me at the end of the service where Lisa works, which country she works in, then there'll be a little surprise, okay? Where? So you need to tell me where she's from. Okay, over to Lisa. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, Richa. It's a pleasure to be with you all here today. Um, even just driving here this morning, it's very emotional for me. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lisa Postma, and um, I was born and raised in the Couchin Valley. I grew up coming here to New Life Community Baptist Church, was very involved in this area. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, after high school, I was involved with YWAM for a couple years, and then I moved to Hako, Costa Rica, and I've been serving there for the last 11 plus years. Uh, before I continue, I just want to share a, a verse with you today. It's from Philippians. It's when Paul is addressing them, and he says... Well, first he says, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and Lord Jesus Christ. So grace and peace to you. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I can promise and I admit that I do not always, for all of you, always pray. But I am very thankful for your partnership, for your support um, in the gospel as I cannot be in Costa Rica without people supporting me from here. And you guys can't have your investment in Costa Rica without someone there. So thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your support for many years. Um, I also want to mention that if you do support me and you give through new life, thank you. First of all, thank you. Second of all, I don't know who you are. So if you don't receive a thank you card in the mail, if you don't receive a newsletter, I'm sorry. I might know who you are, but I don't know that you're giving. So just want to make that note. And if you would like to be added to my email updates, just let me know. Shoot me your email, and I'll add you to my monthly, well, monthly-ish updates. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Okay, so about Hako. Hako is in Central, well, Costa Rica is in Central America. Hako is on the Central Pacific coast of Costa Rica. It's a beautiful beach down. Um, there's surfing, the, the nature is beautiful. There's beautiful mountains and beautiful beach. People um, come from all over to surf there and in Hermosa, which is the town right next to it, world-class surfing. But Hako also has um, a dark side. There are things that happen in this town that are despicable and things that are so far, well, that are so against God's heart. 
um, people also come from all over the country and all over mostly the West to participate in these things. Um, in fact, I was just talking to Darwin. Darwin is one of the youth that used to come to Casa Fe as a youth, and now he is going to university and working hard, um, and he helps me out sometimes. But I was talking to him the other day before I left. Sweet kid, he invited me out for lunch the day before I left. And he's like, Lisa, he says, Lisa, Hako is only like six kilometers long, and it's just unbearable, it's unthinkable, the things that happen in Hako. He says, this doesn't happen in other places. This isn't normal. It's normal for there, but it's not normal. He says, the kids that come to Casa Fe, they have to, just to get home or to get to Casa Fe, they have to go through the darkness and the heaviness that this place holds. He says, that's not normal. That's not, that's not what everyone faces in their uh, juventud, in their youth, in the time of their youth. Some people, well, last, last night I was like, I wonder, is it really six kilometers long? How, how big is Hako? So I just Googled it, and it's re really the strip of Hako is only four kilometers long. Some people call it mini Vegas, just because of the things that go on there. So that gives you maybe just a little picture of Hako and what it's like and what it's about. And I think I'll have a chance later to share more about what I do. Well, we've heard from Lisa, and we're going to continue hearing Lisa a little bit about what she does in which country is she from? Costa Rica. Good job. Okay, Alana, we need some treats for after the service, okay? Okay, so, boys and girls, mission can happen abroad, far away, but mission can also happen at home, where we are. And there are a lot of people who do a lot of good things in the name of Jesus Christ, whether it's helping out in the, the basket society we've got, where we, we give food, Campus out. But something that we as a church are going to start doing uh, in the month of August is combating holiday hunger for children who perhaps don't get fed uh, as well in the summer holidays as um, they, they should. And so, where's Kathy? Kathy is with us this morning. Kathy, thank you. Thank you. I squirrel see him to see Yeah. Oops, sorry. Um, I want to thank you and the opportunity of listening to missions abroad, but missions locally. And we have an awesome um, ministry in our church already, and we have it in our community. And again, I just want to thank those of you who are working with our most vulnerable and uh, students and uh, children and families who suffer from poverty and trauma. And poverty in the Cochin Valley is a real thing. So this idea began with a group of people thinking about what happens to our children, our school children, when they leave in June. Because quite a few schools in the Couchin Valley have nourished Couchin to feed them 10 months of the year. Some schools more, some schools less. But at the school that myself and uh, Mark Williams work at, I know DCS, we feed our children breakfast, snacks, and lunch. And when they go home at the end of the day, they don't eat until they return to our schools. So that's for 10 months of the school year. But what happens in summer? There are programs available for families, but sometimes transportation is really where that's a hindrance. How do we get to those places that they have food? So this idea of combating holiday hunger began 
with a group of people concerned about our students and how they deal with food insecurity in the Couch and Valley today. These students benefit, as I said, through Nourish Couch and for 10 months. So we really want to focus on these students who are hungry over the summer holidays in our valley. So again, Simon mentioned we're going to provide family uh, dinners for the month of August. We'll have five of them. We're also going to take a look at uh, handing out a couple of um, hampers, not only here, but also at Kids Zone on the Road with Michelle. And we hand out hampers every week in the schools uh, over the weekend. And the idea is it will provide two breakfasts, two lunch, and uh, two dinners and snacks. And while the bag looks big, when you have a family of two, it might benefit. But when you have a large family and maybe cousins and aunties and lots of people in your home, that food only goes so far. So uh, hamper items like uh, Cheerios, uh, granola bars, pasta, pasta sauce, uh, good old KD, that goes a long way, and uh, soup, chili, almond milk, soy milk, uh, peanut butter. Um, these are all our non-perishables, and we're hoping to have add to that as well as bread, uh, oranges, apples, uh, just really basic staples. And that's what we're hoping to provide on these Wednesdays and again at Kids Zone. I really had a good question. Somebody said, why don't we put in lots of protein like beans and and all kinds of lentils and things. And that's because quite often that food is unfamiliar to some of our families. And also uh, it could be our students. As young as grade two, I have students making meals and their older siblings. So this needs to be something that they can make because maybe mom and dad are out working and they're at home and they need food. Um, Deuteronomy uh, 15.11 says, for the poor will never cease to be in the land. Therefore, I command you, you must open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. And this is really, where does our church and how can we help? Uh, Jessie is in charge of this and heading it up, so she's going to have a bin outside uh, starting next Sunday where we can uh, purchase some of these next time you're shopping, maybe an extra a bag of Cheerios or something like that, and just pop it in, or you can make a cash donation and tag it Holiday Hunger. But I do want to mention that this is not to or in place of the Lord's Pantry. This is an addition to. So for our church for the next five weeks, if we can dig deep and buy a few things, make a cash donation, that will help feed our children until we arrive at September when we have them back in schools and know that they will be fed. Um, the how to help, we're also looking to add uh, not only our non-perishables, apples and oranges, but also uh, baking. If you like to bake, there's some women in the church who have come forward and said, I'd like to bake, how can I help? We're going to have a table of baking and just have that out so that maybe they can take a dozen muffins or a half a dozen muffins and whatever that is and just add a little bit of home. Um, there's many ways to help, not only food-wise and donation-wise, but also for uh, Jillian and Tracy are helping getting that dinner ready. So if you can help them and talk to them as well. Anything else? Uh, Matthew, I want to close 25, 35 to 37. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to drink. I was thirsty, and uh, gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in, and I needed clothes and you clothed me. 
Caring for vulnerable, hungry people is following Jesus' lead. It's akin to caring for Jesus. So thank you. It's not, it's not wonderful that people are willing to have uh, a meal uh, to try and combat holiday hunger this summer. So if you'd like to get involved, it's every Wednesday between 4 and 6, we'll be hovering a meal, just wanting to sit, talk with people, or help around in the kitchen, or make baked goods, then everything would be, uh, you'd be very, uh, speak to Kathy uh, or Marlene, and they'll be very, very happy for you to uh, come. Or oh, if you want a meal, if you want to eat, right? Free food is always good. Then you'd be very welcome to join in with that as well. So thank you, ladies, for that. So mission can start at home, what we're doing. And in order for us to feed people, we'll also want to share the love of Jesus in doing that. But mission can also be further afield as well. And boys and girls... Who goes to DCS, Duncan Christian School, here this morning? Anybody? There's some hands here. Well, you're going to be on your special behavior because your principal, your head teacher, is going to come up now. And so, right, I'll fold your arms like this. What do we say? Good morning, Mr. Terpster. Is that what you say in Canada? Okay, we're going to hand over to Mr. Terpster now, and he's going to share a little bit about what Duncan Christian School get involved in. Thank you. Here we go. Perfect. I'm very excited to be here this morning to talk about a special mission, One Life. Duncan Christian School has partnered with One Life since 2015 and has been able to build eight houses for families in need. This May, I had the privilege of leading and serving with 18 grade 12 students from DCS. One Life recognized recognized a need as most foreign aid to the Baja Peninsula doesn't reach the San Quentin Valley, creating a forgotten zone that extends south to La Paz. In the early 1990s, Rob and Brenda Wall founded Stony Creek Expedition, an outdoor adventure and missions facilitation company that was actively managing trips to the Baja. While reaching and helping in many ways, Rob and Brenda felt God's calling to go beyond what they were doing. In 2007, the dream to reach this area and support existing local work of Indigenous organizations was born. And in 2009, the Los Ovos campground was purchased as an op and operates as a um, recreational park and gathering place for the surrounding com community and became the headquarters of One Life in Mexico. One Life believes in, in establishing long-term international relationships with local communities and its leaders. Six pastors from the area partnered with our group to help build a house for a small family. The pastors taught students how to build a simple dwelling that will secure a bright future. One Life relies on the partnership of the local churches to gather and prayerfully consider which church and family will receive a house. At one of the monthly meetings in Las Ovos, when a sponsor is found, they prioritize who should receive the next house. 
When the house is completed, the team stands around in a circle and prepares to give the house to the family. The keys are passed around in a circle and each team member has the opportunity to speak about their experience and offer a blessing. When everyone has the opportunity, the family speaks and then is given the keys to the house and they enter. It is a wonderful time to see the family go in and experience their new home. The team also participates in many ministries of the church in San Quentin. We provided a VBS when we were there and visited a school. We also went to and handed out food at the dump. People live and scavenge for anything that can be sold. The carterias are similar to low-cost housing apartments that provide housing for farm workers and families, and we're able to see some of them as well. This is, this is the team that went. In the picture behind us is the House of Refuge, where prayer meetings and ministerial meetings happen. This is the place where everything happens. So how can you partner with One Life? The cost of each house is around $12,000. This provides the necessary shelter and security that gives a family hope. As a school, we plan to send a large group next year in April with the plan of building two houses. Please check out One Life and consider supporting this awesome ministry that we're involved in. Thank you. Simon has also asked me to read from Mark uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 20, so you can open your Bibles if you wish. The healing of a demon-possessed man. Mark chapter 5. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons began, begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending to the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And when the people went out to see what had happened, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been 
possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what, they, what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was, was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Hello again. Um, so now I get a chance to share a little bit with you guys about what I do in Haco, Costa Rica. Um, I run a ministry called Casa Fe, which means Faith House, and it is for youth aged 12 to 20. It's an outreach and discipleship program, and there we offer different activities. Um, we have English classes, Bible studies, and free time for the youth to just be able to hang out and spend time in a different environment to what Hako offers. Many of the youth come from homes of very low income, poverty. Many of their parents are involved in the mess of Hako. And so what we try to do is give them an alternative um, opportunity to spend time to learn, to grow, to gain life skills, and to hear the gospel, and for us to be able to disciple them in the truth. Um, our, our mission as well is to use these activities, English class, Bible study, just hanging out with them, to bring them to Casa Fe, which is just a house, house of faith, for them to learn about the Lord, and then also to plug them in to the church, the greater community of Christ. And so that it's like a bridge from the community to the church. And it's been amazing to see, of course not everyone, but it's been amazing to see how the youth have been getting plugged into the church and how they can now have the support, as you guys have here in this church, of the church there in Hako. Um, and to see the church grow, as I share about the darkness and the heaviness in Hako, it's great to see the church growing and being strengthened and seeing more and more of the youth get involved as well. Um, one of the things I've been doing lately, which I just started about six weeks ago, just wrapped up the first section on Sunday, we, I started a Bible study with just five of the youth. So the, the regular Bible study that we do is for all the youth that want to come, it's a little bit crazy. They can come and go, and they come to drink coffee, or they come to hang out, or they come to do whatever. But we have Bible study. But this Bible study that I started, I just handpicked five of the youth that I work with, five of the youth that I feel like they want to grow, that they're really interested in learning more about God. And um, it's a Bible study where they have to look up verses and write on the answers. And they were supposed to do it for homework, and none of them did. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> so we all did it together, and it was great. But it was an amazing way for us to dig into the Word on a deeper level. And the two other aspects of this Bible, of this time and this Bible study together was that there would also be prayer and service. So after our time of Bible study together and um, kind of working through the Word and trying to figure out what it means together, we would have a time of prayer, and then I would get them to help me clean Casa Fe. 
because I need help. <laughs> and it was a way for them not just only to serve, but also to um, feel like they are a, an important part of Casa Fe. So that was really neat. On Sunday, last week, Sunday after church, we had our last Bible study of the first book. I plan to continue. We had our last one, and I gave them all a little certificate for finishing the book, and they were so proud. They're like, I'm going to go frame this at home. So it's really neat to see um, how they call Casa Fe a second home for them. Um, I have just a short video to show you guys a little bit of a glimpse of what Casa Fe looks like, and thank you guys for listening to me today. ¿Quién soy yo para que el grande me acepta así? Me encontró en mi perdición su amor por mí, o su amor por mí. Libre soy en él, libre en verdad, soy hijo. wonderful to see all of the great things that people are doing uh, around the world. Um, but I'm going to give you a, a challenge this morning that one person can make a big difference where you are. Can anybody tell me where that is, what this is? Uh, just, um, just, just a milk bottle? Uh, just? This is no ordinary milk bottle. This is a special milk bottle. Do you know why it's special? Because it says Promise Valley on there, and they make really good milk. If you've never been a, who's been a Promise Valley farm to get their milk? You get your little glass bar, your jar, and you, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just milk when you go to the farm. It's an experience. It's like going on holiday with the kids, right? You go there, and you kind of, t you, you get your bottles, and you go to the, the farm shop, and you pay your money, and the kids get to go, and they put the little, 
the milk jar, the milk bottles in the machine and it fills up and you can fill your own bottles. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm really excited. I love this place. And they sell not only milk, but they sell yogurt. Who likes oh, yogurt? Who likes yogurt? Who likes yogurt? Yeah, I like yogurt. I love it. In fact, I love it so much. The other evening, the farm had a, a yogurt party. And they made all of this yogurt and they had a big barrel of it. Like, I don't know how much that is. Like a gallon of yogurt? And they couldn't sell. They didn't have the lids for the, the pots. Uh, John, how big is that? You're a farmer. Like, a big, a big, big five gallons, five gallons of yogurt. And we all ate the yogurt. It was so good, so creamy. And it was the best party I've ever been to. You can tell, I, I, I like this. I, and I'm, I'm in this yogurt party with all these people. And with the kids are swimming and there's yogurt and it was amazing, right? And one of the parents were like, not swimming in the yogurt. They were just swimming in, <laughs> swimming in a pool. There wasn't that much yogurt, but it's good, right? I would swim in it for good. Uh, and, and I'm like, I'm so excited. We bring our granola and we're eating the yogurt. And the, the, the people are like, one of the people like, I've never seen somebody so excited about yogurt in all my life. I love it. If you don't know Promise Valley, go there. They do good milk. They're a good Christian family. They love the Lord Jesus with all of their hearts. And it's reflected in everything that they do. Really highly recommend you go there. And I, 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 lo I love it. I love the yogurt there. It's especially when it's free. Free yogurt's even better, right? And I was able to take about a gallon home with me and it's still in the fridge now. It's good. But the thing is, when you're passionate about something, you'll want to tell somebody about it. And I'm passionate about yogurt. It's good. But there's something better than yogurt. Jesus. Are you passionate about Jesus in your life? I'm going to share a story about somebody Peter kindly read this morning about somebody uh, who Jesus changed. And it's in Mark chapter 5. And if you've got your Bibles, I, want, I encourage you to turn to it. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. And I want to encourage you this morning. One person can make a difference. I don't know if you're young or old. Each of us can share about Jesus Christ in our lives, if we're passionate about Him. And there's a man in the Bible in Mark 5 who Jesus transformed. And Jesus in verse 1, it says, Jesus, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Now there's a picture on here, on the screen, of the map. I don't know if you can see that there. And so you've got Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. And you've got the top there, there's a lake, Lake Galilee. Just where Galilee is. And then across there, you've got the Decapolis, the 10 cities. And in verse 1, it says that Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee to the Gerasenes, which is that side of the, of the Jordan River, to the right. Now, to the right of here, this area is non-Jewish area. It's Gentile area. It's viewed as being dangerous. It's viewed as being unclean. Jesus is crossing the Galilee to the Gerasenes, to the Decapolis, to the place where Jewish people didn't want to go. Jesus is crossing over into dangerous territory to go and meet a man. He's going to meet a man in, in, a, in, a, in a cemetery in the tombs who's, got, who's possessed by demons. 
So what's this story telling me? Jesus is prepared to go and to share the good news. God is, God's good news is for everybody. It's not just for white middle-class people. It's not just for those who drive fancy cars or who are comfortable in life. It's for everybody. Jesus is prepared to go into seemingly dangerous areas to share the good news, the good news that we spoke about in, in 1 Corinthians 15. The good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins and it's through Jesus Christ that we can be saved from a lost eternity. This is good news. You don't want people to go to hell. We want people to spend eternity with God. But eternity starts today and we have Jesus Christ living in our lives, guiding us. That is good news. I can wake up every morning knowing that Jesus Christ is in my life and he's living in me and he's making me more like him every single day. That is good news. And Jesus wants to share this good news. So he's prepared to go over to the Gerasenes. Jesus didn't model a safe, comfortable lifestyle. Jesus modeled a do what it takes to tell the gospel to people lifestyle. And sometimes that requires for us to do the same. Jesus calls us to go out and to model what he was doing. To go and share the good news. And sometimes that requires us to roll our sleeves up and to go and do what Jesus did. And Jesus goes over to the Gerasenes. I love that. I love that Jesus was going outside of the Jewish area. In verse 2 to 5, it tells us how Jesus, nobody wanted to speak to this man. He was in a tomb which was in the, in the graveyard, which was unclean. And he was a, a dirty sort of guy roaming around. Nobody wanted to speak to him. Jesus did. And he transforms this man. He was unwell. He says he's filled with demons. And we have to believe that demons exist. If God exists, we believe God exists, right? Somebody say yes. Okay, thank you. Woo! Well, we believe that there's a, done up, a, a, a demonic force as well. Jesus is in the graveyard. It's not normal. It says in this passage here that he, Jesus casts out the demons, which is not normal. In the pigs, which for the Jewish people would have been unclean. Jesus is going against everything that the Jews would have hold on to. Social taboos in order to rescue this man. And Jesus transforms this man's life. And this man is now healed. And it says in verses 18, as Jesus is getting back into the boat to get back home. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with Jesus. And this is the amazing bit. Jesus did not let him. It would have been amazing, wouldn't it, for Jesus just, just to say, yeah, come on, come and join my team. Come and be one of my disciples. Come and follow me. Jesus didn't say that at all. That would have been the easy option. Jesus says to the man, what does he say? It says here in verse 19, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy upon you. Go home and tell people how, what Jesus has been doing in your life. And I want to share that encouragement with each and every one of us here this morning. 
that we too can go and share what Jesus has done in our lives. It's so easy for us. I love hearing about the missionaries, about what Lisa is doing. In what country is Lisa working in? Costa Rica. I love how to hear about what DCS have been doing with One Life. In Mexico, building houses for people who have no houses. We're so lucky here on this island, although they are expensive to buy here, right? I love it. Peter, can you build me a house as well? It's so good. I, I, hear, I love hearing how Christians are going out, but it's so easy to allow somebody else to do the work. I'm so encouraged. I love this so much, how we have this, yeah, food for the hungry. And we're able to buy coffee from Guatemala and sell coffee, coffee around the area to support these families, to support these children. And we got a little coffee shop out there just selling coffee, supporting all of these families and communities. If you want to know more about that, you know, there's information out there. But that's almost letting somebody else do the hard work, right? Can we get that verse back up on the screen, please? Jesus says to this man who's had an encounter with Christ, who's been, in, who's been changed by Jesus, go home and tell your own people. And the thing that really gets me excited is if you go to verse uh, chapter uh, 7, verse 31. Jesus is traveling around the area. Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and through Sidon. Now, if you go back to the image of we have on the screen here, Sidon and Tyre are, are up north, really up north, past Galilee. This again is non-Jewish area. This is Gentile area. Jesus is traveling around all of the non-Jewish areas. And he's gone through this area and he cuts back to the Decapolis. And he goes down for, through the Sea of Galilee into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged him to place hands and heal this man. How do they know that Jesus can heal people in a non-Jewish area? Well, perhaps it could be they've been hearing all the things that Jesus has been doing. Or perhaps this man has gone back home to the Decapolis and has been telling all his friends and family, there's a guy called Jesus and he's changed my life and they've seen the change in him. And, then, and he's going around telling everybody, you've got to follow this Jesus guy. This Jesus changes lives. This Jesus is able to save you as well. And so when Jesus is going to the Decapolis, people recognize him straight away. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we go around dunking and people can recognize Jesus Christ through us, through what we've been doing. We're going through the Kewichin Valley and people can recognize Jesus Christ because we love Him and we're passionate about Him. I'm passionate about yogurt. I love it. But I'm also passionate about Jesus and how He changes lives. Whether you're young at school, you can tell people how much you love Jesus. Or work. Or on the bus. The thing I love about Canadian people is that you're willing to stop and talk. Where it, it, it infuriates us sometimes, you know, because you want to do your shopping and you, you got your trolley and you, oh, you just want to do your shopping, right? And then you end up chatting for like 20 minutes in 50 foods or wherever, right? 
What an opportunity it is to share about Jesus and how he's changed our lives. How can we, how can we as individuals make a difference? Share your story. How has Jesus transformed you? Perhaps you can help with the holiday hunger scheme and speak to families who are going to come in to receive food. Nourish Cowichan, feed 1,300 children a day. And those 1,300 children perhaps aren't getting the food uh, at home that they should be. Well, we can make a small difference. You can make a small difference. Come along, help with that. We have a mission community board who sponsors all of these different organizations. Perhaps you could get involved with, with that and our, our, our social action committee. Or when we as a church are beginning to reach further out into the community, say, hey, I want to get involved with that as well. Perhaps you can invite a friend. We have kickoff Sunday on September 10th where we're going to launch. It's our 40th anniversary. We're going to remember all the things God has done in this church on that day. Invite old friends. Invite a friend. There's going to be bouncy castles and a hog roast and there's going to be dunk a dunk tank. You're going to get the opportunity to dunk the pastors and the elders, right? All of the pastors, not just me. Bring a friend. Imidine Sunday. We're going to be doing church in Imidine. Your friend might not come to church, but they may come to church at Imidine. There's going to be a service. We're going to spend the day together. There are so many opportunities you can do to make a difference. But let me finish with this. Jesus says in that Bible verse, in verse Mark 8, Mark 5, 19. If we can get the Bible verse back up there again, please. Go on. Jesus says this, go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. How can you, as an individual, make a difference? I believe in you. If you love Jesus, you too can make a huge difference. Let us pray and then we'll worship God. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have been able to see and witness and hear so many different things that uh, on this Mission Sunday that people are doing, Lord, for you. But I pray, Lord, in our, in our own individual lives that we don't just rely on other people to share the good news of Jesus Christ, but that we are able to, in our own hearts, with your power and your strength, share our own stories about how you have transformed us. I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, that there are so many things we can be passionate about in life. But I also pray, Lord, that we are passionate about you. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your strength. May we be bold and courageous and keep preaching Christ to all that we meet. In your precious name, I pray these things. Amen.